This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 197, episode 197 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And guess what? The Banner Banter Podcast has a sponsor for the next month or so. Big shout out to the great people at Jack's Abbey Craft Loggers, a local microbrewery in Framingham, Massachusetts. If you're from the Boston or New England area, you've probably had their great beer or have at least heard of them. And they have teamed up with the Boston Celtics to make a new, incredible and delicious light lager called Banner City. Banner Banter Podcast, Banner City. It's a match made in heaven. It almost makes too much sense. It comes in at a crisp 96 calories, so everyone can raise one just like everyone wants to raise Banner 18 up at the garden. It's brewed with champion ingredients with 100% American two-row barley, and just like everyone on the Celtics, practice makes perfect, and Banner City has been perfected over years of lager practice. So, Go to your local bar and go try Banner City, Boston's light lager, the official craft beer of the Boston Celtics. And one more thing, there will be a watch party in January, Banner Banter Podcast and Jack Savvy will be announcing that very, very soon. So stay tuned to all of our social medias. We really appreciate it. Oh yeah. And by the way, just in case you didn't know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Drinks After Work, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Wicked Fast Podcast, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, Be Fit, and many other great podcasts. And of course, you can always check out Card Vault Breaks, uh, Whatnot, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Every single day of the week, you can go down in person, down at Patriot Place, or down at Foxwoods Resort Casino. And speaking of Foxwoods Resort Casino, there will be a two-day card vault card show presented by DraftKings on January 28th and January 29th of 2023 down at Foxwoods. Tickets are on sale now. $15 the day of, but only $10 in advance. So go check that out. You can always follow Big Night Media at Big Night Media to get your free tickets to upcoming shows at Big Night Live through Timmy Ticket Tuesday. You can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Brand new merchandise. Go check it out. That was a mouthful. But here we are, episode 197 of the Banner Banter Podcast. But before we really start talking about basketball real quick, we do have to bring up the news, the unfortunate news that a former Celtics legend, Paul Silas, passed away yesterday. Paul Silas was 79 years old 
three-time NBA champion, two-time All-Star, two-time All-Defensive first team, three-time All-Defensive second team, including being the NCAA rebound leader in 1963. He played for the Boston Celtics from 1972 to 1976, where he's won two out of those three NBA championships. Now, my generation, when they think of number 35, thinks of Reggie Lewis, of course. Rest in peace to Reggie Lewis. But my dad's generation, my Uncle Kevin's generation, they think of Paul Silas. So Paul Silas was an incredible Celtic. He played with Dave Cowens. Um, Red Auerbach didn't play him as much as I think a lot of people of that generation wanted him to. But while playing for the Boston Celtics, he averaged 11.5 points per game and 12 rebounds per game. His son, uh, Steven Silas, is actually the current head coach of the Houston Rockets. So just want to send my condolences to Paul Silas and his entire family. A big loss to the game of basketball. All right. We're here. No more sponsors. No more big night media stuff. No more sad news. Let's talk some hoops. The Boston Celtics are currently 21 and 6, first place in the Eastern Conference and in the Atlantic Division. Last week they beat the, the Toronto Raptors in Toronto 116 to 110. Then they went down to Phoenix and beat the living shit out of the Phoenix Suns 125 to 98. And then they lost to the Golden State Warriors 123 to 107. They are currently 3 and 1 on their big time road trip. This week the road trip continues with the final two games versus the Clippers and the Lakers. Clippers game is tonight at 10:30 and then Tuesday night versus the Lakers. Then they come back home uh, to play a home and home against the Orlando Magic, one Friday, 7.30 p.m. TD Garden, and then one Sunday, 3 p.m. And, of course, this will interfere with the Patriots game since the Patriots game got flexed from the Sunday night football game to now like a 4 o'clock game. So some injury updates for you. Rob Williams is day-to-day. The Celtics did announce last night that Rob Williams will be day-to-day. What that means, who knows, but he will be out tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers. He could be back any time. How is this going to affect the Celtics? I feel like that's the big question going forward. Well, for starters, (laughs) pun intended, I don't think Rob should start. I like the Celtics starting lineup, depending on the matchup, whether it's Derek White playing or number 12 playing. I think Rob is probably going to probably take his time coming back, hopefully, maybe 15, 20 minutes a game to start. I think when Al needs a breather, he will come in and take some of those if not all of those Luke Cornett minutes. But this also could mean the end of Blake Griffin, which we will talk about in a little bit. But the thing that everyone is talking about is, of course, the defense will now improve. And even though they didn't start the season that great, the Celtics' defense has improved. They're currently the ninth best defensive team based on defensive rating in the NBA. The issue could be the offense. The offense is great because everyone is a shooter, whether it's Marcus or Jalen or Jason or Al or number 12 or Hauser or Derek White or... Peyton Pritchard, or even Blake Griffin, Malcolm Brogdon. Everyone can shoot. That's on the floor. Oh, and by the way, happy birthday to Malcolm Brogdon. I love you. Uh, His birthday was yesterday, so happy birthday to Malcolm Brogdon. But now that Rob is out on the floor, will this set up for more driving kicks? The pick and roll could be coming back more than what we usually see. The lobs can be coming back from Marcus to Rob, which is great. And Rob's also a great passer, too. So if someone does force him off the ball on a pick and roll, he can catch it and kick it out real quick to some corner shooters. And obviously, number 12, Derek White, obviously solid corner shooters. But the thing that I've been seeing in a lot of these videos that everyone's been releasing on uh, on social media is Rob's jump shot his release seems a little bit quicker, which is great, which is something that I asked for uh, during the offseason for him to have a quicker release so it doesn't take four to five days for him to shoot a jump shot. But it will be interesting if he can start hitting these Kevin Garnett-like extended elbow jumpers, will there be pick and pops? And that could keep the other defense on their toes, which is great. Now there's options. You're like, okay, now is Rob going to roll or now is he going to 
you know, hit an extended jumper. And then who knows, maybe down the road, maybe later in the playoffs or maybe even into next year, Rob could extend his range. I don't want Rob Williams shooting three pointers in any way, shape or form. I'd rather have him rolling and throwing down thunderous slam dunks. But here's the thing. There's so many different things Joe Mazzullo can do now. Uh, will there be double screen sets where Tatum has the ball, then Jalen sets a screen, then Rob sets a screen, and then Jalen slips out for a three or for a take to the to the rim when Rob's man is on uh, the top of the key, and then Jalen doesn't have to worry about anyone contesting his shot, not like he has any fears going up anyway. So it's going to be really interesting how Joe Mazzulla plugs in a all-defensive type player, a defensive player of the year candidate, how is this going to work when the team's already 21 and six and playing great basketball? So, you know, for Rob's health, I hope they take it nice and slow for the fans. I think we have to be patient with Rob. Um, You know, if he sucks for a couple games, the guy hasn't played basketball in a long time. It happens. And then for Joe Missoula, I just want him not to force this Rob situation on everyone. If it's not working, that's okay. Throw in some things here and there, because when you get back from this road trip, this crazy road trip, the first four games back will all be at home. And the teams that you're playing the first four games have a combined record of 34 and six. There are all teams that you should beat the Timberwolves. You should beat the Pacers. You should beat. And then two games against the magic you should beat. So you can try some things here and there. I just don't want Joe Missoula and the staff to force Rob Williams back. This will be something that will be a work in progress. And as long as it's great come March and April and May and hopefully June, we will be Gucci. We'll be Gucci. 1000%. And then uh, speaking of injuries, even though I just spiraled about Rob Williams injury, uh, Al Horford has also been out on health and safety protocols and the Celtics announced last night he will miss the Clippers game due to personal reasons. So hopefully Al is okay health-wise and hopefully everything is okay with Al and his family and friends and he can return for the Lakers game or at least uh, later on in the week versus the Magic, which would really give him like two weeks off, uh, which is crazy to, to think about. So um, so what do we want to talk about this week? Um, do we care about the Raptors game? Nope, because they should have beat them. Do we care about the Suns game? Nope, because the Celtics destroyed them. So let's talk about the Warriors game, shall we? I don't get it. <laughs> like, seriously, I don't get it. What is it about the Warriors? It's almost like 2003, 2004, Red Sox versus Yankees, Pedro Martinez, who's your daddy type of situation. And for whatever reason, Jason Tatum hates the Chase Center or Oakland or San Francisco, whatever the case may be. He just doesn't like playing in the Bay Area. I mean, in the NBA Finals, he averaged 23 points on 37% from the field, 47% from three. But in the three games at the Chase Center, it was 20 points per game, 30% from the field, and 50% from three. So again, very weird. And then if you look in throughout his career, in 2018, he scored four points in 28 minutes on the road against Golden State. In 2019, he scored 17 points. And then the following season, he scored 24 points, but shot 28% from three. Then dropped 27 points in 2021, which was nice. And then last season, he dropped 26 points on the road. Again, this is just regular season stats. But when he dropped 26 points, he shot 37% from the floor. And then Saturday night, 18 points, 28% from the floor, and 22% from three. So what is it about this place? Someone tell me. I don't get it. Is it the air? Is he afraid of Alcatraz? Like, did he go on the tour there? I don't get it. Did he not like um, Family Matters? No, not Family Matters. Um, 
Full House. I don't know why I just thought of Family Matters. <laughs> did I do that? Um, did he not like Full House? Did he not like the theme song? Did he not like Uncle Jesse? Did, does he not like the Olsen twins? Um, did he have like that bad chocolate that's out there? What is it called? Girardelli, Girardellis, or whatever it's fucking called. Like, uh, like what is it about it? Should Jason Tatum be practicing in the off season in the Bay Area? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's very annoying. I know I'm spiraling. I'm sorry. He just doesn't play well against the Warriors for whatever reason. And Joe Mazzulla and Damon Stoudemire and everyone else on that staff, Brad Stevens, Wick Grosbeck, everyone in the organization, Jalen Brown, I, even the people up in Maine need to figure out what the hell is going on with Jason Tatum when he plays the Golden State Warriors. It's, it's growing more and more frustrating. But the other thing that's very frustrating too, he's also too like buddy-buddy with them. And for someone who loves Kobe Bryant as much as Jason Tatum does, I don't think Kobe Bryant would approve of that. Like, if you want to hug it out before and after the game, I get it. That's the way the NBA is. It's fine, cute, and adorable. It's not what it was like in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. But when your team is losing, and you bump into someone, and you both fall on the floor, and the other team has a fast break, and again, you're losing, you don't pick up your opponent. You run back and try to get the ball back. Like... Jason Tatum bumped into Draymond Green. They both fell. And instead of running back, Jason Tatum picked up Draymond Green. And I just thought that was bizarre and odd. And I didn't like that. And you just can't have that. I'm sorry. You just can't have this. Like, the Golden State Warriors broke your heart. You guys are so motivated this year to go back to the finals. And whether it's to beat the Warriors or to win Banner 18, whatever the case may be, this team broke your heart. You can't be nice to them on the court. It's I don't know. It just really bothered me. But anyways, sorry. Back to the game. Um, like, I, I, I just don't get it. Like, what the hell happened? First of all, Joe Mazzulla's game plan of the Celtics dropping Blake Griffin after screens, after screens were set drove me absolutely insane. I texted my buddy Big T. I texted my buddy Schmidt in, in just caps locks. Like, if Blake Griffin drops one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. And listen, I know Blake would have gotten beaten off the dribble if Steph Curry came off of a screen and was like, oh, Blake Griffin's going to guard me. I'll drive right by him. But breaking news, I'll take a layup from Steph Curry over a Steph Curry 3 or a Steph Curry 3 with an and 1 when he kicks out his legs and flops like he does and... Like, Steph Curry is an unbelievable basketball player, the best shooter of all time. We, we can talk about it all day. Ray Allen forever, though. But I, don't leave Steph Curry or Clay Thompson or even that annoying individual that is Jordan Poole. Don't leave him open. I mean, for, for threes, it, it, it drives me crazy. The, and here's the other thing. The crowd goes crazy for Steph three-pointers, whether it's from 20 feet away, 25 feet away, 106 feet away, wherever Steph's shooting. And to be honest, sometimes when he hits those insane shots, I go crazy too. Like, wow, that was unbelievable. And wow, how did you let that happen? And the other thing is, is like from this game the other night, the role players didn't do much or of anything at all. Derek White couldn't have hit the Pacific Ocean while standing on the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, number 12 stunk. Hauser stunk. Marcus Smart, I don't know if he was bad or okay, but I just didn't like his game overall. Shout out to Malcolm Brockman. He was fantastic, but what else is new? And, you know, I don't want to hear, well, we didn't have Al, we didn't have Rob. They didn't have Andrew Wiggins. And Tatum couldn't even handle Clay Thompson. And Andrew Wiggins was the one that locked him up in the finals. So... Whatever. It is what it is. It is only one game. There was a lot of good things that came out of the week, but mentally, the Celtics team has to get over the Warriors hump. And I love Jalen's quote after the game, too. Let me pull it up real quick. He said, we definitely played... uh 
a little tight, a little tense tonight. Last year is over. We played like we had this one circled instead of playing our game. And he's so right. They were so fired up playing the Warriors again that they got, they forgot what got them to be 21 and six this year. It's absolutely so. Yes, the loss sucks. Yes, the Warriors own you for now. But the true character of this team and Joe Missoula is going to show up over these next two to three weeks because that one stung. It stung for me as a fan. So I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that that one stung for everyone in that organization as well. And now they have to respond against two good teams coming up in LA or LI if you watch Letterkenny um, and finish this road trip off strong. They have to finish this road trip off strong. There's no time to keep your head down. They have to keep this train going. The Celtics haven't lost back-to-back games in a very, 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 very long time. And now is not the time to do it just because the Warriors got to you mentally. All right? Great. Uh, So that was really it from the week. So why don't we do stud and dud of the week? So hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud. And the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 197 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Folks, the only reason why I'm doing this is because this could be the last time that we talk about this individual for a long time now with Rob coming back, but it the stud of the week is Blake Griffin, who filled in for Al Horford three times this week, and three times might have been too much because he was washed. He was exhausted halfway through that Warriors game, but Blake Griffin this week played so goddamn well. He did so many great things this week, set the tone for hustling, set great screens, made the extra pass, helped out with a lot of taps out, tap outs on offensive boards for second chance points. He averaged 12 points per game, eight boards, shot 70% from the floor, 66% from three, was a plus 10 on average when he was out there, and had a, a nice dunk. He can still throw it down. So thank you, Blake Griffin. Thank you. You know, kind of like a... Chuck Norris thumbs up in dodgeball. Like, thank you. Like, I listen, Blake Griffin has filled his role perfectly so far. Blake Griffin has done everything that the organization has asked of him. Blake Griffin has done everything that Joe Missoula has asked of him. The players, you name it. I just think with Rob coming back and Luke Cornett also getting some of those major minutes, we may not see a lot of Blake Griffin. We'll see him tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers. But after that, who knows? And, and then the dud of the week... You know, it's tough. It's tough every week because I want it to be Tatum because of the Warriors game. But he played so well against the Raptors and the Suns. And I already bitched and moaned about him. Um, But I think it's going to be Derek White because of how he played in the Warriors game. Um, And I know I'm harping on this game a lot, but I really wanted this win. I I thought this... I think this game, even though it was a regular season game, could have been huge for the Celtics because it could have given them so much more swagger than they already have. They could have been 22-5. and five. They could have beaten the top six teams in the West, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Mavs, uh, the Nuggets, and then the defending NBA champions. You own the West, and you have to beat the West in the NBA Finals if you get there. So I really thought it was... That's why I'm, I'm harping on this game so much, but... 
Derek White going into this week, just like I predicted to start the season, was shooting a career high in three-point percentage, and then this week he shot 18% from three. He didn't have an assist in the Warriors game, which is usually a sneaky good part about his game that I love. He gets others involved. He always makes the right play. So I expect Derek White to regroup and have a great week, just like in the previous week where he averaged over 13 points a game and over four assists per game. So your stud of the week, Blake Griffin, your dud of the week, unfortunately is Derek White. So let's preview the upcoming week to end this podcast properly. Obviously, the Clippers game tonight, 10.30 p.m. on NBA TV or on NBC Sports Boston. I'm assuming Mike Gorman's not going to make the trip, and if he does, can't wait to listen to him because he's the greatest of all time. Um, but Clippers, injury-wise, uh, they have normal Norman Powell dealing with the groin injury. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is slowly getting back into form, um, You know, playing around 30 minutes per game right now. Uh, but he, listen, he's only putting up a 11 boards and seven points per game. And he's also only shooting 17% from three. Now I know Kawhi has never been a solid three point shooter, but it's not the same Kawhi Leonard that everyone is used to, but it's still Kawhi Leonard, a legitimate first ballot NBA hall of famer. You cannot take him lightly. Of course they have Paul George PG 13, uh, who is someone you got to play close attention to. And we all remember when Jason Tatum crossed the Paul George uh, at the Staples Center or whatever crypto.com thing it's called now, um, made him fall, stuck that three. But he's their leading scorer. Paul George is fully healthy now, um, probably back, I, I don't want to say back to his pacer form days, but this is probably the best Paul George has looked in a while. And, you know, they have a good supporting crew too. They signed John Wall over the offseason. His game is slowly getting back to form, to back to what it was. He's still super quick when the ball's in his hand. Reggie Jackson, good player. Luke Kennard can shoot a three. Zubak is a good, solid NBA big man. And then, of course, you have one of my favorites, standby your man, Marcus Morris. So it's a good team. They're currently 15-13. and 13. They've lost two out of the last three games, so you could be catching them at the right time. First night of a back-to-back. So it'll be interesting to see how the Celtics play with this one, but it should be OW. And then you have the Lakers on Tuesday night. And listen, if you listen to this podcast before, there's been 196 episodes. This is the 197th. I hate the Lakers. I hate the Lakers with every ounce of my soul. I don't hate a sports organization more than the Los Angeles Lakers. If the Celtics win, we should all celebrate with a Jack's Abbey Banner City draft beer or in a can. So go get yours now, all right? Um, But seriously, the Lakers are getting healthy again, and they're starting to play very well. Anthony Davis is playing like an MVP. You could argue for the last two to three weeks, it's been one of the best stretches of his entire NBA career. They almost beat the 76ers the other night in an absolutely insane game in Philadelphia. They have a top 15 defense in the league. Their defense is pretty good, but a bottom 10 offense, and they're not great at home either. Six and six at home, and they have the worst three-point shooting percentage in the NBA. But I also said the same thing last week about the Toronto Raptors. They had the second worst, and the Celtics almost got outshot by the Raptors from three last Monday night. So, you know, of course. But listen, they don't really have anyone else that I'm worried about outside of Anthony Davis or LeBron or Russell Westbrook. I'm not really worried about Dennis Schroeder or uh, Patrick Beverly. So just please beat them. Beat LA. Please. I beg you. I need it. I need a good ass-whipping from the Boston Celtics to the Los Angeles Lakers. Thank you. And then, oh yeah, finally, uh, the two games versus the Orlando Magic. I mean, the Magic, what do you want me to say about them? Uh, They shoot the ball. um, I mean, if you shoot the ball well 
and you rebound well, you get two easy wins this week. I mean, the Magic are 1-11 on the road this year, 7-20 and overall, which is the third worst record in the league. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Harris, Suggs, Isaac, Wendell Carter Jr., too. He should be coming back very soon, but all those guys are out. Bull Bull, former Boston Celtic, never forget Bull Bull, has been playing some unreal basketball lately, some great highlights. He's someone that you should watch out with. He can literally, excuse me, he can literally bring the ball up the floor on his own, and it's it's actually impressive. So you got to keep an eye on him. Obviously, Banchero is their best player, and it isn't an easy guard in any way, shape, or form. Uh, definitely a rookie of the year candidate. But I mean, earlier in the year, I know it was the only was it the second game of the season or the third game of the season. Did they play the Heat and then the Magic? Did they play the Magic then the Heat? Either way, they only beat him 126 to 120, and Tatum had 40. But Al Horford didn't play, if I remember correctly. So that must have meant it was the second night of a back-to-back. But there should be two very easy wins this weekend. I'm expecting the Celtics to go 4-0, 3-1 at the absolute least. If this is a 2-2 two two week, oh boy. Watch out now. But that's it for episode 197 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. Thanks to the great people at Jack's Abbey Craft Loggers. Go check out that Banner City Light Logger, the official craft beer of the Boston Celtics. And we will talk to you next week on episode 198. Don't forget, you can always find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. We'll talk then. Happy holidays. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.